This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, we typically have a guest on this episode. Now, I know recently we had you as our guest, but today the guests are us. That's right. Today we are doing this episode in follow-up to an article in the March 2023 issue of the Toastmaster called Tune In to the Toastmasters Podcast. Learn about the organization's official podcast series and its hosts. And Greg, that article, as you know, was written by Shannon Dewey, who we know quite well. She's the digital strategy and engagement editor for the Toastmaster magazine. And she is one of the people at World Headquarters that we work very closely with on the production of the show. Big thanks to Shannon for choosing to feature us in the magazine, interviewing us. And here we are. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Shannon. And very well done. And Shannon was pretty persistent on us submitting new photos. And although I thank you very much for featuring us, uh, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I think I look just a little bit older. (laughs) Yeah, I think we both do, Greg. (laughs) Our years are starting to show. That's why I love podcasting, Ryan. People can imagine the visuals. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I guess in some respects, Ryan, this is a little bit about us, but we don't really want to make it about us. We enjoy, and I'm speaking for you, I guess you can probably concur or not, but we enjoy so much interviewing our guests and and have them bring out some some incredible stories. I totally disagree. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, I'm completely with you on that, Greg. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get to the point. Kick it off, Ryan. Why don't we just start with just in a nutshell, how did the Toastmasters podcast get started? Sure. So that takes us all the way back. If we really go to the origins to 2007. When a good friend of mine and a recent business partner at the time, Bo Bennett, and I began working together, we were in an office five days a week. We both loved podcasting. We were both Toastmasters, and we decided to combine those passions and start Talking Toastmasters, which was an unofficial podcast. We did about 50 episodes, and eventually we got contacted by World Headquarters asking if we would be willing to rebrand and make the podcast official. And so in 2009, the official Toastmasters podcast was born. And our first episode came out in August of 2009, right prior to the international convention in Mashantucket, Connecticut. And then Greg, you will remember well that we met you in person for the first time there. We recorded three episodes on site and you were You were on episode number two with us. Yeah, I remember that. I remember walking up to the table and I think you handed me a set of headphones and immediately put me to work. We actually (laughs) did meet prior to that, but we did meet virtually. Virtually, right. Yeah, virtually. I mean, I started podcasting in 2006 when I created Toastcaster and it's still going. It originally started as a district podcast and then I, at some point, I rebranded it as Toastcaster Communication Leadership and Learning Lab. Yeah, and Greg, we got to know you over the years and see you at various international conventions. And then finally, we said, you know what? Why don't we just make 
this official and bring Greg on as a third co-host. When was that? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, it was a Toastmasters podcast groupie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in, was it? It was 2014. I got a mm-hmm. call from Bo Bennett. He said, Greg, you've been doing podcasts for a long time and we need a little help because we're expanding. And you know, of course you, you hang around a lot and we thought you'd be the guy. In fact, I was the guest for episode 82. I remember that where you introduced me as the newest host. That's right. And then Greg, you and I did your first official episode as a co-host together, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. It was episode 84. I remember interviewing Dananjaya Hediarachi from Sri Lanka. And of course, yes, being the low man on the totem pole, I was the one that had to get up 5 a.m. because of the time change. Mm, <laughs> and we're right. now at episode 225. So we've certainly come a long way since then. You're still usually the one who's getting up early, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, just because of the way the time zones work, <laughs> I get to sleep in a little bit more than you. Yeah, that's probably true. I think for a lot of our episodes, we'll typically record late morning Eastern time, which is bright and early. And we do find that sometimes the Monday ones, the Monday morning ones are sometimes quite a challenge. Right. And then just to bring our history full circle here, in 2019, Bo decided to step back and he is still part of the team. Uh, He manages the website that hosts the Toastmasters podcast, but since 2019, he's not been hosting episodes anymore. So it's Greg and I, you're my ride and die on the Toastmasters podcast now. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good, buddy. (laughs) Two guys, two different countries, 4,000 kilometers, 25, 2,600 miles apart, but Yet, twice a month, you'll hear us both. That's right. And for this episode in particular, it's you and I riding together, uh, solo, as it were, Greg, without the guest. But speaking of guests, maybe we should talk a little bit about how we find guests for the show. I know that's something we get asked about a lot. Yeah, we do get asked about that a lot. And we also get asked, can I be a guest? And <laughs> just to let everyone know that typically I would say 98%, maybe it's 97.7%, I don't know. The majority of our guests somehow are connected directly or indirectly to the Toastmaster magazine. And typically, if you look back historically, a guest could be someone who wrote an article for the magazine, or it could be someone who was interviewed for the article They may have been featured, they may have been mentioned, or perhaps maybe even just a quote. Also, sometimes it might be possible that they happen to be a subject matter expert on the topic that we're thinking about, and so we like to reach out to them. And that really gets to what our purpose for this podcast is. It is to supplement the magazine, to amplify the content in the magazine, to give give a voice in another format to the people and the stories in the pages of the magazine. That's, as as you like to say, Greg, our raison d'etre for the Toastmasters podcast. And it's great when you put the two together, people will read the article, they'll, they may have some questions, and then sometimes those questions that we have get answered. But not only that, you're right, it will really amplify the magazine and a little... And coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the episodes so that you'll understand a little bit better why. So, Greg, you mentioned that our guests are usually somehow connected to the magazine. What is that process if someone wants to make the connection with the magazine so that they can perhaps be considered to be a guest on the show? 
So what you're asking, Ryan, are all those people that say, can I be a guest on the episode? <laughs> right. <laughs> and the answer is quite probably. Now, you could always pitch to us, but I guess it's important to remember that we have a partnership with the magazine. So if you're somehow not connected, the Toastmasters magazine is a phenomenal publication that comes out monthly. They're always looking for some great content and compelling stories. It could be articles, photos. Sometimes they might just be looking for ideas. So if you have something, Toastmasters International has a detailed and well-laid-out submissions page. It's got everything there that you need to do to submit to the magazine, as well as some guidance on some helpful do's and don'ts. Yeah, I totally agree. The submissions page has all the information you need to increase your chances of having your article idea accepted. And listeners can find that at toastmasters.org forward slash magazine forward slash submissions. Check it out. And most of the things we talk about today, we'll certainly add those into the show notes. Looks like we're going to have some pretty extensive show notes today, Ryan. <laughs> mm, I think so. Greg, do you want to touch on what it takes for us to produce an episode? Yeah, of course, Ryan. The first thing we need to do is figure out who we are going to interview. So we go through the magazine, we take a look at what features are available. Often often the good folks at the magazine will offer us some suggestions and some contact information. Once we figure out who we're going to interview, what we'll do is we'll generally gather some background information. It's very similar to whether or not we're doing a regular interview, like for a newspaper article, or whether you're doing a speech. We'll gather some background information. We'll do some preliminary research. And of course, we will use the magazine content to, to help drive us. One of the things that's really important is that we typically need to find a way of coming up with some sort of focus or some sort of angle. Because for example, if somebody was profiled in a magazine, of course, we don't want to necessarily just repeat everything that was in the magazine. Plus, we're not going to cover every aspect of an individual's life but there might be some key elements, some key learnings, some really great takeaways that we could use. And so we figure out what we're going to focus on. Then Ryan and I individually put together some ideas for some sample questions. We have a Google Doc that we work from, that we gather our questions together. We will typically meet online ahead of time. Then we'll also meet again ahead of the episode, probably an hour before, review some of the questions, and then also do a sound check so that we're ready to go once the guest joins us. Right. And then finally, <laughs> we're ready to start recording once we've connected with the guest and done our sound check with them and run through the housekeeping items. In terms of the recording itself, we're typically looking for about 20 to 30 minutes of finished audio. So we typically book an hour with the guest. It may take 45 minutes to an hour or so of their time in order to actually do the recording. And then finally, once we have the raw audio, we move to the editing process, which is a whole additional element of the production. We usually switch back and forth. So I will edit one episode and then Greg will edit the next one. Sometimes we actually jump in and collaborate on one if it's particularly challenging. But that process, I can take anywhere from a couple of hours to, I don't know, what would you say is the upper limit, Greg? Well, there have probably been a few episodes, Ryan, where we've probably spent 10 or more hours on it. In fact, there were a there was a couple of times where we had to stop and start again. We had a situation with one individual in New York where I think the power went out. So we had to right. pretty much start all over again. And he was in a different location. So 
because for the first part, he was in a very busy downtown New York apartment and we can hear the noise in the background. And then later on, he was out in the countryside. The audio just didn't mesh. And then, and then sometimes there are just technical difficulties that will challenge us. And sometimes what happens, Ryan, and <laughs> I'm sure you remember this, we had a great conversation with Richard Peck when he, was, he did the tour of 144 countries. And it was such an incredible conversation that, that we just didn't want it to end. Mm. But sadly, again, we need to be respectful of the listener's time. So we really had to cut it down. And I know it was a bit of a challenge in figuring out, okay, what do we keep and what do we leave on the proverbial cutting room floor? And that can be a challenge when there's just so much good stuff. You want to include it all. Yes, absolutely. But the benefit, of course, of trimming out perhaps something of what people say is that we can save more of it for perhaps bringing them back for another episode. So now, Ryan, there are probably a few techies out there. They're a little bit more interested in perhaps the process that we use in terms of recording. So did you want to just, if you want to share with our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I can do that. So these days we are recording using a software called Zencaster that records right through the web. It's really easy to use and works most of the time. <laughs> um, and our workflow for production, I know mine has changed over the years. Greg and I, you and I have a little bit different workflow. I typically edit with a program called Descript, which I take the audio tracks, drag it into Descript, and it will produce a transcript of the episode. And you can actually edit the transcript to edit the audio, which is a really cool way to work, as well as editing the waveform like you do in other programs. Once I have the actual interview edited, I will put it into GarageBand to add in the intro music, the outro music, and export to an MP3 file. Yeah, Zencaster is great. The beauty of Zencaster is it records remotely at individual locations. So you're not at the mercy of the internet as as much. And I know Descript brings up words so that you can actually edit text. I'm still a little bit more old school. I take the audio recording that we have, I throw it into a program called Audacity, and then I edit the waveforms and I too put it into GarageBand. So because Ryan and I have a a template that we both use so that we have some consistency. And then of course, we have a proprietary platform that we use to publish it. And that's created by Bo Bennett. There are many different ways you can record a podcast. In fact, there are individuals that use their phone that may upload it directly to the internet. There's a number of different forms that you could use and just Google it. I'm sure you'll find a whole bunch of things. Ryan, even though I find that occasionally we will have some technology or some editing issues or just trimming issues at the end of the day when you hear the final product and you hear the stories that people are telling it just makes it all worthwhile i totally agree that's really what it is for me it's all of the diverse guests that we have so interesting so fascinating people from all corners of the planet from all walks of life and being able to just hear their stories learn from their wisdom and share what they have to offer with the world. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing because it's funny. As a techie guy, when I first started, it was all about the podcast. It was about the audio. It was about the trimming. It was all about the technology and the production. That was back in 2006. But now what I find the fun part of being a host is exactly what you said, and it just energizes me. 
Not to mention that co-hosting with you over the years and you and I becoming great friends, that certainly adds to the experience. Not to mention improving my grammar and vocabulary because <laughs> Ryan is always correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> That's an example of how you've helped me improve my manners, the polite Canadian that you are. <laughs> oh, there you go, Ryan. In all seriousness, this is really, in addition to being a lot of fun and really enjoyable and entertaining, it has really taken my communication skills up a few notches. I have to agree with that. You know, I remember when this podcast first started, when it was just Bo and me and our guest and just the butterflies that would come when we'd start recording and trying to think of something to say. And over the years, just so many reps of recording this episode, so many conversations, so many different people. It just flows so much more naturally now. And it's been really cool to grow my communication skills through the process and to do that alongside you as well, Greg. Thanks, Ryan. Well, I think we both come a long way, although now as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more forgetful. So sometimes halfway through a question, I'm going, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> You're aging gracefully. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> One of the questions we often get asked is, which is your favorite episode? I mean, with the Toastmasters podcast, there are 225 episodes. I've been on since episode 84. I've also done about 200 other podcasts elsewhere. It's really a tough question, and it's really hard to pick one because depending on how you're feeling at the moment, maybe an answer to a question that we can share with you is, which is one of our most memorable moments. I mean, we've done so many interviews. We've interviewed the Golden Gavel recipient. We interviewed the incoming international presidents. We've interviewed the crowned world champions of public speaking, a failed American idol, a beauty queen. <laughs> wow. Kickboxing champion. Yeah, kickboxing champion. But when I th keep thinking back to some of the people that we talked to, I think I'm going to throw this to you, Ryan. Who comes to mind for you? Man, well, there was just one recently, episode 222, Don Colliver. And what's so ironic about this particular episode is when you first mentioned it to me, I had such a negative reaction. He wrote an article in the Toastmaster magazine. And as you shared with me, said, this guy's a professional clown. And I was like, man... I don't want to talk to a clown, <laughs> but I just loved that episode. Don Colliver is so brilliant and he shared his book with us. So actually before we even interviewed him, we got to read his book. It's called Wink, Transforming Public Speaking with Clown Presence. And it really opened my mind. He's got some real depth to his content and just loved that conversation. Yeah, it totally took you by surprise. And I, I found it really enlightening how he shared his journey and his adventures but I think what I loved is the fact that he talked about incorporating clown presence into any presentation, whether you've got a funny bone or not. <laughs> mm. And of course, yeah. I love the fact that you were transparent in telling him how you felt about clowns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's part of it. I He just seemed so genuine and authentic that I felt really comfortable just sharing with him vulnerably how how I felt beforehand and how that transforms by being exposed to his work. Yeah, that was episode 222. Greg, I know you mentioned one in the article that's one of both of our personal favorites. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, that's one that just never escapes my memory. And that's episode 104, where we spoke with 
Sarah Safari. She was featured on the cover of the Toastmaster magazine. I can't recall. It might have been 2015. And this incredible woman shared her gut-wrenching story of personal growth. And she was hanging off Mount Everest when the earthquake hit that killed 20,000 people in Kathmandu. And I just remember listening to her words, every word as she spoke, and she made us feel like she was right there. And of course, the beauty of not actually seeing a visual is that you can imagine it in your head. Yeah, that one stuck with me for a long time, for sure. And actually, Sarah Safari is featured in a Netflix documentary called Aftershock that I watched recently. That was really powerful, too. I've added it to my watch list. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And uh, It's also interesting, Ryan, that of 224 episodes, both of us actually keyed in on a more recent episode. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. That would be the interview with Robert A. Navarez, right. episode number 208. He was a former police officer. He shared with us the story of having to address families of gang violence at a vigil, speaking to the mothers who lost their children. And it was just so powerful. And And he's someone who came from a family with a father with a severe debilitating fear of public speaking that Robert grew up with himself and eventually was able to conquer and get to the point where he's giving these just super emotional, really challenging speeches at moments that matter a lot. And Ryan, if you remember when we were speaking with him, the Delano Victims Vigil, he had 15 minutes. He had 15 minutes to put together something to say that was meaningful. And he also referenced the fact that the entire speech can be found on the internet. Weighty responsibility, and he rose to the challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Ryan, just scrolling through the episodes here, there are just so many that stand out. We just couldn't do them justice in one episode. <laughs> mm. 224 to choose from, in fact. <laughs> 225 if you count this one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe, Ryan, we should just maybe touch upon one of them because it is referred to in the article, and that's episode 172. We talked about sometimes things happen, technology fails, but there's also some embarrassing moments, right? A couple along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 172, folks, is Confessions of a Podcast Host, and we talk about We'll call it the three M's, the mistakes, the missteps, and the miscues. And we'll leave those for you to check out and let's say have a good laugh at our expense. (laughs) (laughs) Free of charge. Well, our podcast aside, Greg, I know we often hear from people who are interested in starting their own podcast. Where do you typically begin with that conversation? What What are your thoughts on how people can get started? That's a good question, Ryan. And I think the first thing to consider, folks, is your why. Why do you want to start the podcast? What's your purpose, as we call it? What is what is your raison d'etre? In fact, we went away from our normal interview format and recorded two episodes on creating compelling content. Part one dives in deeply into the why, and we use the why of the Toastmasters podcast as our example. And in part two, we focused on five key areas to consider when you're looking to create the compelling content. And Greg, you also wrote an article called, Is There a Podcast in Your Future? And listeners can find that in the January 2021 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. 
Yes, that's correct, Ryan. We'll also put that into the show notes. I also suggest folks to listen to a wide variety of podcasts. There's over 2 million out there. And then give it a shot at recording something. You've got a smartphone with a built-in mic. Just give something a whirl. Record an idea. Record a project speech. Or perhaps you have an opinion on something. Even talk about maybe your favorite movie, hobby, or sport. Anything to get you started. And you can also begin by working through the podcasting level four elective in Pathways. You don't even have to publish it, but at least you've got started. Yeah. Ryan, this has just been great. I just, I always love to talk about all things Toastmasters and all things podcasting. And this going back and reminiscing about some of our memorable episodes and even the miscues, more specifically, the people that we've met, the things that we've learned. I'm always looking forward to the Toastmaster magazine every month and wonder, who are we going to interview next? And sometimes it's anticlimactic. What do you mean, Ryan? Well, you and I often get advanced copies, Greg, so we've kind of already seen the articles. Yeah, that's true, Ryan, but they come in a Word doc format. I mean, I'm excited to see that final layout, right? That beautiful <laughs> PDF that we get every month. And Speaking of which, maybe we should give folks a sneak peek of our of our next episode coming up for April 1st. Oh, sure. Of course, no April Fool's jokes with our April 1st episode, but our guest is Jillian Mitchell. She wrote an article called Tone It Up, How to Use Your Voice for Powerful Effect. She's a voice coach. Really interesting episode. She even worked with you and I, Greg, and led us through some exercises and might provide another opportunity to laugh at our expense a little bit. <laughs> and when you hear her voice, you'll certainly understand why. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I was on a Zoom call with a friend yesterday and a video started playing on my computer and it was actually a video of one of Jillian Mitchell's podcast interviews. And my friend was like, who is that person speaking? Oh my gosh, she has an incredible voice. And it was Jillian Mitchell. And I explained, <laughs> oh, she's actually a voice coach. <laughs> yeah. I know you're going to love that episode because she said she loved your voice, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I pull up that clip and play it over and over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I as I mentioned, this has been absolutely fun. And Folks, if you saw our notes page, our Google Doc that we have here, there's like four times as much material, but I know that our time has come to an end. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I know I have. How about you, Ryan? I sure have, Greg, always. Take an opportunity to share the episode with your friends and family. You can also remind them they can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify anywhere you find your podcasts. Plus, this should be embedded along with the article, and make sure you read the article. And we haven't mentioned this in quite a while, Greg, but since this is an episode about us and about the podcast, folks can also find us on Twitter, at the TM Podcast. So please follow us there. Send us your questions, your comments, your feedback there, if you like. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. And again, if you're interested in the episodes, check out that submissions page and Check out the podcast page for lots of resources. The article itself also has resources embedded in it, and I think you'll find it worthwhile. Until next time, I'm Ryan Levesque. I'm Greg Gazin. Thanks for listening. Isn't it about time you publish that book you've been thinking about? We can help with that. 
At ebookit.com, we've been providing authors and small presses with ebook publishing services since 2010. Visit us today at ebookit.com and let us know how we can help you.